Hi everyone, welcome to Freshwater Perspectives. Today we'll be having a part two to our wastewater series, monitoring for drug usage in wastewater and how pharmaceuticals get into freshwater ecosystems. Thanks for listening. are back how you doing matt i'm doing all right riley uh today was tax day for me so i got my taxes done oh, so i can't starting off so strong topic yeah. man i just did mine today too. <laughs> oh, did you well, how'd yours go well, mine, mine went good i mean you know i have what a w2 some loan payment documents and some very minor investment paperwork so just a couple investments. Uh, <laughs> it is not a lot. It's like, you know, you just, just try, you one throw hotel. In... <laughs> it's one of those where you throw in like a hundred bucks a month and it just eventually adds up over time, hopefully by mm. the end of your life. There you go. <laughs> oh, but, man. Yeah, that one, that one. All right. It's pretty smooth. Good I can't you. complain. Are you yeah. getting a return? I am getting a return. I usually get a return Ooh, with lucky dog. It always comes out where I get, you know, I get a chunk of change from the feds, but I always owe Alabama, like, I always owe them something. Really? Always. Every single time. If it's an inconvenience to you, you could ask your employer to take out a little more state withholdings. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I mean, it's not like a ton. It's not like a couple hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah. So it's one of those, you just, you know, cut a check or whatever. Not that big mm -hmm. a deal. Mm -hmm. But yeah. And then besides that, Rachel's still up on her preceptorship uh twist so last night the last night she sends me a text so what was it yeah it was about i don't know like 7 30 i was in the middle of watching a soccer game she sends me a text and like a bunch of pictures and she goes i got bit and i'm like hmm. like so they had a bit. yeah she got bit while connected. she was on rotation bit on what Tell me like what bit on her hands both of her hands what bit her a dog oh so they had this crazy dog come in. Animal. I mean, that's crazy. This, yeah, they had two this crazy dog come in. Hmm? I'm so sorry. I'm interrupting you. Two times? Both so hands? She got bit on both hands. Oh so I'll, I'll tell you the full story. All right. All right. So a dog came in for a, like an emergency surgery. And then another dog came in for a scheduled surgery. So like they deemed that the emergency wasn't actually an emergency, but they were still going to work on it. So when the dog first came in, the emergency they saw it was a crazy dog so they muzzled it not that big a deal and then they kind of sat it down they like, talked to the owner and they're like hey it's bad enough that like we'll still fix it tonight but it's not bad enough that it needs to happen right now we do have another emergency that's a little worse that is scheduled that we're going to handle first so they took the muzzle back off the dog to put in the kennel that way he wasn't like hyperventilating and goes you know um what's the word like acidotic yeah your blood gets too acidic from too much co2 you're not breathing enough essentially you know hmm. kind of thing for the dog if they're sitting in their kennel and they get stressed out so they did the surgery on the first dog and they went to go grab the second dog and they were trying to put the muzzle on it so rachel was trying to put the muzzle on bit both of her hands bam bam and then the doctor comes in to try to put the muzzle on bites the doctor then whips around and bites the tech that was holding the dog so all three of them got bit Jesus. so yeah insane so they're trying to like I, I i can't really remember what she said happened to the dog oh yeah they, i think they just gave the dog back and they're like listen like 
three of our people got bit like this isn't this isn't happening tonight um like here's another emergency vet let them deal with it sorry like whatever is what it is the woman tried like yelling at them because like you don't know how to handle my dog why did you take the muzzle off and they're like because your dog it's just that's just not how it works kind of thing so then rachel's calling me so she's freaking out we're not freaking out she was really calm because she's gotten bit before it's not that big a deal in her eyes me i was like oh my god like shit so they found a doctor but the doctor told them not to come until like three in the morning or some crazy nonsense where in my mind i'm like you got bit i'm like you got bit you should go to the er and she's like no found a doctor for rachel Hmm? for the dog for (laughs) for the for the sorry for rachel the doctor (laughs) sorry <laughs> three p three in the morning. Come at three in the morning. That that's what they told him, which to me made no sense. I was like, back no, door to to the... by the dumpster. I guess, yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, you need to go to the ER now. She's like, they told us to wait until three in the morning. I was like, and this was at like eight o'clock at night now. So I'm like, Ooh. they want you to go to bed, wake up, and then go to the ER wherever. She said, yeah. I was like, I'll just drive up, go get you, and we'll go to the ER here. She said, no, no, it's fine. It's not that bad. And I said, okay, that's fine. So. Like I said, she was super calm. I was freaking out. I was pissed too. Because yeah. I'm like, you need to get this figured out. That's but, a lot of time for bacteria to be in your body. Yeah. But I mean, she got it cleaned out. Obviously, if you're going to be a vet or working around animals, you have all your shots up to date. So her tetanus mm-hmm. is already up to date. Her rabies is up to date. So she's she's fine. <laughs> then she next just, week and she like flips her head. <laughs> it's like <you> just, <laughs> just foaming from the mouth. Oh but gosh. so well, yeah, that, she yeah, it was so in the life, went, I guess. Oh my I know. God. So she went back to bed, woke up at three got her you know antibiotic sweet and then mm-hmm. uh and then went back to bed and woke up and today's her day off so she's last night was i felt real bad because she was like trying to you know take a shower or whatever and she's just like it like hurts to like do anything with my hands and i'm like oh jeez but today she said it was a lot better so like swelling wasn't as bad and meds and stuff but i'm just like Ugh. yeah that's yeah <laughs> anyway so yeah dude yeah. So, what do you guys got going on over there? Oh, just living life. Um, mm-hmm. Winter's had its last final couple pushes, so that's been fun. Um, it's it's like gonna be in the forties now for like the next two weeks. So it's like, mm. dude, it's been. Um, sorry, oh, I don't. My turn. No, my turn to cut you off. So it's been like normal early spring weather for most of March down here. This past week, it just tank down to the low 40s and then it would get below freezing at night i was like what in the world is going on so yeah it's still like yeah. really cold here right now at least by our standards it's the atmospheric river sir oh is that what it is have you, have you heard people say this atmospheric river i've heard people say the word and then that's just really it i might have, might have to look into it for a future up like podcast because uh okay i i don't know like uh it's i'm 30 oh i turned 30 Oh um, yeah, so when it's was over. That? Happy fun. birthday! But <laughs> <laughs> you're over the hill now, dude. It's all downhill from here. No, yeah, I mean, my like, my life is it's done. So whatever. I just been staring out at the window, <laughs> thinking about my youth. You, you get you getting your bucket list together. <laughs> Let's do those uh, Fleetwood Mac landslide song, <laughs> playing nonstop on repeat. Yeah. Um. But 30, and um, maybe I just been out of the loop, but this is the first year hearing atmospheric river. No, I agree. Right? It can't be that 
novel. I don't, well, maybe, I don't know. Anyway, so we, I'll look into it. How about that? Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, so just been door dashing. I know this isn't the podcast for it, but dude, like. We, we are think, not sponsored by DoorDash. I think I'm like at 70 hours. Like I'm just wow. going after it. And dude, I went so long <laughs> the last two weeks. My, uh, I've had, I, I don't know if you've ever had this before, but like fiery nerve like spasms in my leg. Like it feels like straight fire going down. And um, I was like, what is going on? So, so I worked out, you know, mm-hmm. I did squats. Okay. Okay. And um, yeah, like in the middle of a meeting at work, it was like, bzz, 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 like, dude, like, and like, it gets to the, got to the point where it was like, um, it would like pulsate or like spasm, but dude, like, like, I don't know if it was coming from my back, but like, literally, I was going like this, like I was jerking, dude, it mm. was horrendous, and I was like, what is going on? So I thought it was working out, and I think it did it. I think I did it like pinched a nerve working out. Yeah, but then like. This is why I brought it up, DoorDash. Like, you get in and out of the car, in and out, in it. It's oh. my right side. And, like, when I, like, get in the car or, like, out into the car, I'm just, like, boom. And, you know, like, kind of, it's just, like, like a, con- yeah, no, it's, like, a controlled fall. <laughs> and I was, like, why is my right hip hurting so much? I'm, like, oh, my God. It's, like, blunt force trauma every time I'm going uh. in. <laughs> so, if you're working in and out of a vehicle, I'm getting out, like, a hundred uh, times, a so couple sense. hundred times. I'm, like. Oh, I'm so dumb. <laughs> so I did it this weekend. So it doesn't matter if it hurt or not. I was like, I'm still doing it. <laughs> and I've been getting out of, in and out of the car like an, uh, an old person <laughs> the last time. Gingerly. Like, two feet on the ground before I get up. And then I like go and I'm like, oh, there she goes. And I'm like making all the noises. <laughs> Easy does it now. And I just, yep. And about- it worked. So I was, about, I was about to say at first it sounded like sciatica, like your sciatic nerve, like no. got pinched or something. Oh, dude, I talked to my sister. She's a uh, works at the Mayo in pain management. Oh, and I was like, what is going on? And like, dude, she sent me like a diagram. And yeah, there's like, it's a nerve that goes from your back, not sci the sciatic nerve, but there's like goes to your back. I mean, from your like your nervous system, and then mm-hmm. like down, like through your hip, and then like towards your kneecap to like the outside of your leg mm-hmm. this long one apparently that's the one i've been uh, pinching or whatever oh. i've never had the feeling though dude like yeah it's weird it's so people talk about too. like dude i know i was like what's going on and then like yeah i'm in a meeting with like a bunch of people and i'm like <laughs> tim tebowing in the corner i'm like uh, uh. <laughs> they're like yeah right i'm like just keep talking guys <laughs> Uh, okay anyways that's about it nothing water related (laughs) (laughs) just getting old so 30 years try to get some side income my taxes uh oh yeah i owe like 1200 no i know because i flip three states in a year that's why i'll do it and then a side hustle too so did you owe that? Is that like each state combined plus the feds or is it like one more than the other? One state, Iowa, I owe crap ton to. Some mm-hmm. like two states gave me the money back. Oh, well, that's nice. And then the fed one, I was still not enough because mm-hmm. of the side hustle, apparently. I did quarterly yeah, well, reporting, I... but whatever. So 
have to say, so with that DoorDash, so are you an employee of DoorDash or are you like an no. independent contractor? Independent. Oh, yeah. So you do have to file quarterly. File quarterly. Ugh. Keep keep track of your expenses. Yeah. It just is what it is, man. Got to do what you got to do. Yeah. I think that's why I would never do that. I'm too lazy to do that. I mean, it's, I mean, it is what it is. Dude. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. So we're back and um, it's my turn to go today. Mm-hmm. First time ever we were doing a part two. So we'll see how this goes. The first, for those you don't remember, because I don't think our part one is necessarily in chronological order, order excuse me, because Matt and I go back and forth. So um, the title is something to do with wastewater. You'll figure it out. Um, and that one, though, was more so the nitty gritty, keyword gritty portion of wastewater treatment. <laughs> um, you know, how... how once you flush the toilet, where does it go? How it's processed? Um, when doing that podcast, it definitely found out that there's a lot of the wastewater industry is big, and there's 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 a good amount of stories I found, and one of them, which I want to talk about today, was pharmaceuticals. Okay. Okay. What, what like so? Um, you know what? I'll just I'll just start at the top. We'll talk about pharmaceuticals and drug usage and drug tracking. Um, drug tracking. Fondly termed sewer epidemiology if you gave me a like a list of a hundred jobs sewer epidemiology i would not have i would not have listed and this would be a thousand mm -hmm. wouldn't have listed it people say scientists are a little dry but they got great name you know what i'm saying like sewer epidemiology come on like some jobs it's just you hear and you're like yeah i know what you do but if you're like i'm a sewer epidemiologist i'm like i need to hear everything about your all day what you do i want to sound like a superhero in the making villain (laughs) super villain actually always from the sewers but okay so matt let's start off with a question is it possible to track the daily usage of drugs in an entire city from just a couple of water samples from a local wastewater plant I would have guessed no, but I'm guessing yes. Matt, this may sound far-fetched, but recent wastewater research has begun tracking hu- uh, human drug usage, both pharmaceutical and recreational, keyword recreational, we'll talk about that, um, mm. in entire cities by sampling their wastewater. So we'll be talking about this groundbreaking research today, and then we'll focus on the environmental impacts of pharmaceuticals that is a mm-hmm. growing concern. Mm-hmm. Um, just a little prequel, not everything you flush down the drain gets removed. It's mm-hmm. clean to remove. So it's sad to think, but, yes. but let's get, let's start with the, the more juicy portion of this. And this is drug usage in human populations. Okay. Freshwater adjacent. It's in freshwater might not mm-hmm. be freshwater, but guess what? We do these podcasts and we get to decide what we're going to talk about. One day I might do something marine. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, they're all connected, right? It's part of the continuum. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, yep, 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 yep. Okay, so. So drug usage in human populations. When we talk about drugs, we can talk about things like anything from prescription allergy medicine to hardcore party drugs. Let's all talk about it. Um, Drug usage in modern society occurs in any city throughout the world, um, on the pharmaceutical side of things, it's estimated that 66%, so 66% of the United States population takes at least one prescription drug. 
That is a lot higher than I expected. And just wait. Four billion prescription drugs are dispensed yearly within the United States. And of the... So this is what's interesting. So 66% of the population, they take at least one prescription drug. Okay. But more research has found that um, this is kind of like the, the issue when you take average averages, but of the individuals taking prescription drugs on average, the average individual taking prescription drugs has at least four prescriptions. Yeah. I, I did that math quick and I just, I was double checking. I was like, wait, what? Isn't that crazy? Dude, I remember old, older individuals. I remember my grandma, rest her yeah, soul. That's a good point. Um, dude, I think she had like 20, 30 prescriptions. Just that's like, a good point. Holy, holy. Like yeah. racks and racks of daily drugs. I was like, mm -hmm. is that like what, you know, um, you, you can have all the money in the world, man, but that, that like end of year, like your life, man, that's just, mm -hmm. it's a crazy time. It's just, mm -hmm. ugh. it's going to be you soon, Riley, just turning 30. I you know? dude, that's you're, why I'm looking right around the, the corner, window, man. I was like, I should go fishing today. I was like, I can't, I hurt <laughs> my sciatica or whatever. <laughs> Okay, so that that prescription drugs, people take a lot of them, but then comes the usage of illegal substances in the United States as well. So that's the other side of things. The CDC states that, this is crazy, 13% of U.S. residents over the age of 12 will have used an illegal drug within the past month. 13% 13. 13 of people above the age of 12. Last month, they have consumed an illegal drug. Yeah, that, that number, honestly, I would have expected that, that number to be higher, if anything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And yeah. um, here's the thing, too. Well, I'll, never mind. I'll talk about this in like two sentences. But uh, goes without saying, such drugs are extremely addictive, habit-forming, sometimes lethal. And drugs in society, this can cause serious health concern for health officials and the police. This is all goes without saying, but I'm, mm. I'm setting this up, so deal with it um <laughs> concerns over such drugs raises the question such as how do you track the number of drugs present within the city where are the drug hot spots how is drug usage changing and here's a big one like when we talk about this 13 percent, you think that it might be higher can methods like questionnaires to track drug usages usage be reliable or can they be lied on you know i mean yeah if you think 13%, I, I too, I'm like, gosh, you think that? Yeah, it's got to be higher. So can it be lied on? Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it, I, I would not trust a question. If you're asking mm -hmm. people, if you're going around polling people in the United States, if they're using uh, illegal substances, yeah, a lot of people are going to be lying on that questionnaire. Yeah, dude. And then if you think about if you're trying to figure out where drugs are going in a city, and you walk down the street, like, hey, you taking drugs? You know yeah, where drugs are? You think anybody's gonna be like, oh, they're over there, dude? Like, you know? I'll set you up. Come here. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you got yeah, it. Yeah. With it, this, yeah. With this frame set in mind, this drives researchers to look at alternative methodology to figure out where are drugs going, where are they, and how can we verify, like, actually, where drugs are in a city, for example, to a great accuracy and this has drove researchers to the sewers mad you can't lie on what's known as sewer epidemiology i love so, it yeah i love it mm -hmm. so sewer epidemiology this is a considered a drug test for an entire city <laughs> yeah i mean that's really smart 
Although a person might be able to lie on a questionnaire about their drug usage, there are markers, biomarkers, within a person's urines and <laughs> urine and feces, the excrement, mm -hmm. that can't be falsified when a person is taking illegal or dangerous drugs. And such is sewer epidemiology. Oh, you didn't uh, think we'd be talking about this today. <laughs> I love this. And I want to know who thought of this. Because I feel like it's one of those things where you're sitting around a table and everyone's like, what if we could just give the whole city a drug test? And they're like, mm -hmm. yeah, if only. And you mm -hmm. go, wait a minute. Yeah. Um, I don't have the origins, but I do have many studies. Okay. Um, I got a few more paragraphs before we talk about that, though. So rapid warning systems are useful for officials when looking for the presence of drugs in local communities. Um, again, the most reliable test to check for drugs like ecstasy, heroin, methamphetamine, what we talk about all these is toxicological tests. Um, once during, <clears throat> once a drug has entered the human body, it is metabolized and these leftover um, drugs, they're excreted as metabolites. So metabol drugs in, metabolized, metabolites is what's leaving the body. And this is why a urine test for certain drugs, um, you know, if you do a drug test for a job, for example, that's why it works. They're testing for metabolites. This isn't necessarily you're testing for the drug. You're testing for what the drug leaves behind. And that is oh. the basis hmm. of um, sewer epidemiology. Did not know that. So if everybody has a fun party weekend and then they go to the bathroom in the morning, Depending on your sewer grid system, you can test to see where <laughs> where the drugs are. Where are the drugs going? You know the Batman. Yep, we'll Batman. just keep on doing that was, this whole time. I was waiting. I was waiting for you to say it. <laughs> okay, so here we go. First study: testing for wastewater to help track drug usage has taken off in places like Australia and Europe. For example, in one sewer study in Oslo, Norway. Uh, they found that ecstasy consumption peaked when Norway high school students had May parties. So I'm assuming it's some kind of spring break. Okay. <laughs> and this resulted in a tenfold spike in ecstasy usage over wow. six months prior time. Hmm. Um, cocaine consumption was of note to spike in Christmas and New Year's. Yeah, New Year's I get. Yeah. My Christmas? Yeah, Christmas. That's an interesting one. Yeah, I agree. you hate your family that much that you need. <laughs> so, um, that's an Oslo. Researchers in Oregon use sewer epidemiology to dispel the position that meth, methamphetamines, was only taking part in rural parts of the state. It was found in cities as well. So, if you needed to divide your workforce, um, police force, and mm. you're looking for meth sources and be like, this is just happening in rural counties, be like, well, sewers are telling us a different story. It's happening everywhere. It might be cooked in one spot, but it is partaken in everywhere. Focus this your attention is, all over. This is great. I love this approach. All right. More studies using sewer epidemiology. That's my next section. <laughs> really broke it down well. Yeah, um, really succinct. In a 2020 scientific report article published by Polish scientist Sacho Mushka. Nailed it. I'm sorry. At all 2020, I'll have the, the, the source. Apologies for the, the name. Um, researchers began testing wastewater to look for ways to monitor 
um, the new, so they're monitoring for new and classic psychoaptic substances. So mm-hmm. drugs they looked for ranged from heroin all the way to quote unquote new drugs like ketamine. Ah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Again, they're testing for what's being not the actual drug, what's being mm-hmm. left behind. So they kind of had to do some research too to if there there's new psychoactive drugs, a portion of that research or what they had to utilize is okay. So someone takes ketamine. Uh, what does that turn into in the body yeah how do you yeah i have so many questions now (laughs) so for example if you take cocaine that'll be metabolized and what's left behind is the metabolite benzogoinine potentially name still has yet to be verified And okay, so this is where it gets interesting. Other researchers have tested wastewater before 2020. So that's not why this study is novel. But what's what's interesting is that they're looking at these new drugs and they're comparing their findings to Europol databases. So what would be Europol? Like uh, the CIA? No, not, not. I'm thinking of like a, a federal. FBI? Maybe. Whatever is like less. Yeah, FBI. I feel like that's FBI because, yeah. like, CIA is a little more elusive, whereas yeah. FBI is there. Yeah. Um, okay. So they compared the findings to Europol databases, which would be akin to maybe the FBI on the United States. Uh, compare the findings to Europol database to confirm that the cocaine market expanded in Eastern Europe. It's expanding. So they're. Oh. they're with the sewer epidemiology, they're comparing that to uh, the databases of drug usage already in that area. And they're saying like, hey, like we know actually that you should be looking way farther out. Hmm. Um, to do this, researchers use just a little more nitty gritty, a lot of HPLC monitoring for a whole host of chemicals and wastewater treatment plants. So they're, they're looking for those biomarkers, HPLC. So, I mean, it's pretty not straightforward, but like you're, you're taking a water sample, you're looking for peaks. That's how you do it. You just need to need, yeah, you need to know what to look for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you also need to know, you know, half-lives and all that other fun stuff too. The uh, retention times. Yeah. Retention times. What's going to break it down more. um, Any confounding variables ish. Uh, Another study. Here we go. This is an interesting one. I don't have too much on it, but. Uh, Postigo et al. in 2011, they used sewer epidemiology to test wastewater coming out of a prison. Oh. Researchers found that researchers found that daily drug usage included a whole suite of drugs, contraband, methamphetamine, <laughs> Excedrin, oh. cannabis, cocaine. Um, then, then there was sporadic spikes of consumption of heroin, meth, and ecstasy. Um, indicating and verifying that the prison had issues of contraband. <laughs> I would say so. <laughs> wow. Then they did. Then they did a whole shakedown. Oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. They, that wasn't in there. But... <laughs> that's that's a weird thing to put in an article. <laughs> it was actually um, the true life origins um, of Shawshank. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Okay, I think I have one more. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't have one more. But just like illegal drugs, uh, some research, and I didn't have a specific study associated with this, but other other than drugs, certain diseases leave biomarkers as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. Think of 
I'll be doing a um, podcast about this in the near future, typhoid. Okay. Mm. Bacteria that goes from one person to the next. So you can track, dr not drugs, um, diseases as well. So epidemiology, right? Mm -hmm. So this methodology, it is being assessed as an early response system to determine if disease outbreaks would occur in a, a city. So if you, I'm trying to think of like, I, I just, I mean, coming out of the pandemic COVID, right? Like, well, if mm -hmm. you had an early response for something like COVID, a pandemic, like, boom, like you'd be in yeah. the money. If you took like random samples and be like, hey, we're spiking for this. We should probably, you know, stuff's going to get out of hand here. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. feel like. It'd be hard, but. Yeah. I feel like this is just my opinion. I just mm -hmm. feel like with symptomatic, at least diseases, you know, your first you're having, you know, like ERs, urgent cares, doctor's offices, those are your kind of first line of defense. Um, cause there, there's like reporting, right. Is people are yeah. going to want to go get better mm -hmm. where I think this is probably way more useful is for the illegal drugs. Cause people aren't going to go and self-report. Right. Mm -hmm. so. I know. Isn't that so, um, elegant for lack I'd of I'd say it's word, so clever. Like, it's a very yeah, clever yeah. strategy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, you, you're not, you're not on drugs right now. <laughs> you're not on <laughs> We don't know which sure? one of you guys, but it's yeah. it's over here. We know we know like, where it's, we, it's over there somewhere. We know this housing development is going bananas right now, right? So stop it. <laughs> stop all those playing kids games. On, all those kids on May break. <laughs> yeah, Norway. Cocaine spiking in the Christmas. That's mm -hmm. that's a family holiday. Stop it, guys. <laughs> so we talked about <laughs> Illegal drug usage, sewer epidemiology, let's shift focus. Drug effects on the environment. So um, for illegal drugs, what we're talking about, to be measured in wastewater, that implicitly means something is remaining in the wastewater once those drugs are being consumed, flushed down the toilet. It's, something's there, and you know it's fun that we can measure you know, consumption, but on the flip side, what's that doing to the environment? Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, in our past podcast, we talked about the wastewater treatment process and there is the removal of compounds, um, from the, the wastewater, uh, sediments, excrement, you know, that, that heavy, heavier compounds for lack of a better word, they're, they're falling out in that process. And there's also that back end last step that's removing biologicals out of the water too, bacteria, um, some of those things. But that is not to say that um, everything in our wastewater is getting cleaned up. And this is, um, I remember going on a wastewater plant in La Crosse in college. And they're like, guys, you want to figure out something? Because it was a group of like water researcher kids going over. And they're mm -hmm. like, figure out about these pharmaceuticals. Like the one guy's like, that's like the next thing is like, mm -hmm. you know, we're not, we're not getting all these stuff. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. um, but I never followed up until right now. So I'm just doing a podcast. On it. <laughs> Maybe someone starting out can, can figure yeah. it out, but um, we'll, we'll and, and there's been research it. too. Right. So there's been yeah. research. Um, but, but yeah, sorry to, yeah, before you go. get too far ahead, speaking mm -hmm. of research, so my undergrad advisor, he did a lot of work with dragonflies and pharmaceuticals in freshwater. Mm -hmm. And you would have thought it was related to like mortality and things like that. He was looking at specifically um, like how they reach sexual maturity. Mm -hmm. And apparently 
the it was something along the lines of some of the phar- pharmaceuticals are very close structurally to some of like the hormones that trigger like their estrogen. yeah something like that yeah estrogen is a big one like you said mm-hmm. um so you would have either male like males not maturing fast enough females maturing super quickly you'd have males kind of be like hermaphrodites it was really weird where like the the mating success would just kind of plummet in a certain area for some reason it was it was really interesting work it was um but yeah so yeah so we'll talk about that a little bit Mm -hmm. so good yes isn't that crazy Mm -hmm. um pharmaceutical release by wastewater plants like the issue too is like people are measuring for things but if you if you're not measuring for it you don't know if it's there or not schrodinger's cat right Mm -hmm. it's alive or dead um So yeah, it's like, oh, we don't have a pharmaceutical problem. It's like, oh, if you're not measuring for it, then you have to figure out like these new drugs. It's like, well, fuck, I have to figure out what to even measure for. Super costly to do. Um, this is kind of conjecture because I didn't look all this up, but it just goes without saying like that's you got to first off figure out what you need to measure. You can't. Yeah. So anyways, um, but pharmaceuticals, this thing, this isn't a new issue, right? This is brought up before mm-hmm. and there has been studies to look at release of pharmaceuticals by wastewater specifically. One of them was a summary research study by the world health organization. And what's nice is that they found that, so they almost like a, not a meta-analysis because it wasn't an analysis, but a literature review of it, finding okay. that the studies that they looked at had, they indicated very low levels of pharmaceuticals um, were being, actually this is, um, excuse me, pharmaceuticals were, were making its way to drinking water sources. Okay. Oh, mm-hmm. so they're like some, some of this research is like, you know, it's pharmaceuticals in freshwater ecosystems. It's still at a low enough level that it's not affecting drinking water sources. Um, <laughs> World health organization, you know, does look at setting standards to limit pharmaceuticals. So like, I think of like Advil, like I think like, Mm-hmm. Uh, ibuprofen is something right um that like yeah so there there is this beginning and has been the development of like uh standards water standards for pharmaceuticals specifically too mm-hmm. so that's good so low levels yeah. of pharmaceuticals but this isn't to say that um pharmaceuticals in freshwater ecosystems is not causing harms in certain areas so mm-hmm. uh pollution dilution is the solution to pollution, but mm-hmm. still you can have areas where uh, there's spikes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, some research has focused on areas that have high amounts of pharmaceutical plants, plants dumping into a localized area causing localized concern. So in one wow. study, this is from the US Geological Survey from 2004 to 2009, uh, researchers found that manufacturing facilities had 10 to 1,000 times higher the amount of pharmaceuticals being released from their facilities than wastewater treatment plants um in you know nearby areas 10 to thousand that makes sense right like yeah yeah it's not i think the big question yeah. too and i didn't see that's it, like shouldn't they be regulating that like because yeah, that, in be... that situation you know right that yeah like i don't need maybe not every not every wastewater plant needs to, mo- or drinking water plant, they need to monitor for cocaine in their water, just for example, mm-hmm. just a mm-hmm. sensational. But like, if you were a cocaine producing plant, like, well, <laughs> we, there's the more likelihood that there's going to be released from this area, right? Yeah. And yeah. 
you think there'd be regulation on how much the manufacturers can release too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And also, what are they releasing? They're I don't know. Yeah, it's gonna be a whole suite. Of it. So that's else. another issue. It's like think of all the type of pharmaceuticals, right? Yeah. Well, I'm also like, thinking like they're trying to make it. So what's their? I'm guessing their waste is just uh, I don't know. Yeah, this is this is also my wheelhouse. So I don't know. I know. I don't know. So um, a 1999 U.S. Geological Survey study found that out of the so that they went and looked at a bunch of different streams around the 30 different states. 139 streams across 30 states, they found that 80% of the water sampled had at least one type of medication within it. So this is not a wastewater plant. This is just in the ecosystems. Mm-hmm. Um, this spanned from antibiotics, antidepressants, blood and heart medications, and hormone drugs. Yeah, doesn't Crazy. surprise me. Mm-hmm. 80%. Unfortunately, it does not surprise me. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't say how concentrated, but still, if it's just the presence, yeah. right? Like. Mm-hmm. Here's another study, Fick et al. from the journal, this is 2010, from the Journal of Environmental Chemistry, measured the number of pharmaceuticals detected in freshwater lakes in India. And specifically, they wanted to know if they look at these lakes in India and compared it to um, pharmaceutical manufacturing areas. So they're, they're in their areas, they have these freshwater lakes, but they also have these clusters of pharmaceutical plants. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is apparently potentially more common than in other areas of the world. So like India is a hot spot for pharmaceutical production and researchers took samples um, from the lake and then the industrial areas. And what they found is that interestingly, in the natural freshwater lakes, they didn't find any detection of these pharmaceutical chemicals. So great. But um, in water bodies near where these manufacturers existed, um it got crazy <laughs> so yeah that makes antibiotics sense. was a big one <laughs> antihistamine allergy medication was a big one that they found as well and they concluded that wastewater management <laughs> of the one of the largest drug production centers in the world it was not adequate enough to protect local drinking water so this was a big issue for the drinking water mm. now i I should have looked at this more, but now that I just said it out loud, like it, it would be interesting to know, like, yeah, what specifically are they producing? If it's like, yeah. hey, this one, um, this one facility is producing a thousand different farm pharmaceutical drugs, like, uh-huh. and then it's like, well, we're we're seeing that antihistamines, like allergy medications, they're persisting and being released. Like then it's like, mm-hmm. why, you know what I'm saying? Is it, is there a long residence time? Oh, that's a good you know point too. Yeah. That's like, a really good is, point. It, is the breakdown. So do we need to worry about all of the pharmaceuticals or do we need to just worry about a suite of like PFAS, yeah, right? It, like yeah. not all chemicals are around in the environment forever, mm-hmm. but PFAS got to worry about that. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. But yeah, it just kind of circling back around again. So mm-hmm. I guess I still I'm having trouble wrapping my head around. So you bring have, it, it. well, you have these manufacturing plants. So say I have a manufacturing plant and I'm manufacturing aspirin, right? So I'm making aspirin. I'm sure there's a bunch of steps to make aspirin where you're you're producing some sort of waste, and that waste mm-hmm. is probably heavily regulated. So you need but to it's sort not aspirin. Is that what you're it. saying? Yeah, it's oh, not aspirin, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But I'm making the aspirin and then I'm bottling it and shipping it. So how, like, 
do you get what I'm saying? Like you're trying yeah. to make money off the aspirin. So how's all the aspirin getting flushed away? <laughs> I guess that's what question. you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good question. You know, it's like I'm yeah. making hamburgers and there's a bunch of hamburgers in my trash. Like I'm trying to sell the hamburgers, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about that. Look you at know? you, Matt. <laughs> McDonald's not making money from their that's hamburger burgers. What I'm trash saying. burgers. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. But mm. I'm sure it's hundred percent. Not that simple. I'm sure there's, there's reasons, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but, but yeah, you'd think that's a great point, Matt. I don't know. So, um, very short. There is some ways to remove like suites of pharmaceuticals from wastewater, mm-hmm. uh, and the researchers are looking at oxidation as like the main way of doing it. Kind of mm-hmm. goes without saying, but like ozone specifically, hydrogen peroxide for pharmaceuticals, for example, like ibuprofen. Boom, like that's so chlorine, for example, in drinking water. That's like a catch-all where it's like. We know that chlorine's going to kill 99% of bacteria, all bacteria, which is crazy. Great. Thank God for chlorine. Otherwise, you know, like we'd be screwed. So it's nice to think like, yeah, if you could retrofit these area, like wastewater treatment centers that have a high amount of pharmaceuticals, like at least we could have a catch-all for using these like ozone, hydrogen peroxide. Like we might not get it all, but at least we're getting most of it. Yeah. I've also heard that. Uh, like electrolysis, like uh, uh, electrochemistry is a really good way for like to treat water oxidatively. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's but, all oxidative. It's just yeah, removing it's those. Just really, it's just really expensive is with that, you know, a lot of energy demand. Definitely. And the electrodes degrade over time. So not all that mm-hmm. useful. Yeah. But. Um, so last section, we kind of just talked about this pharmaceutical effects on aquatic organisms. So you get them in the environment, mm-hmm. you got the aquatic organisms, Matt was talking about it. So, uh, pharmaceuticals can be a lot of different things to a lot of different animals. Um, research really is focused on endocrine disruptors, um, that affect the hormone systems. For example, fish, freshwater fish have been documented to, I guess morph change into adapting unwanted sexual characteristics and reproductive <laughs> failure. So this could lead to is it a population reproductive failure as a whole. So yeah, um, the whole population is gonna be gone. And like really, if you're thinking about, it's not just like one fish, the reproductive like the reproductive organs in that one fish is messed up. If you think of an entire population. If the ratio of male to females, for whatever that needs to be, if that's messed up too, that can really, mm-hmm. on a population level, change things for the worse. So mm-hmm. you got to think about that too. It's like, yeah, it's not just gen- that, yeah, that specific fish is getting messed up. It's the ratio too. Yeah. If you have you all of them a... switching to females, mm-hmm. like, oh, we oh, yeah. fish right now, mm-hmm. but it's like, well, in the future, you're probably not going to have that much. Yeah. You know what yep. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, over time, you can end up getting a genetic bottleneck and stuff like yeah. that. So, yeah. Okay. So pharmaceuticals can also affect fish behavior as well. A study by Broden et al. in 2014, uh, they summarized research finding different behavioral effects of pharmaceuticals on freshwater fish, reports of boldness, aggression, increased feeding rate, and higher overall activity was all reported with different fish, hmm. me, different pharmaceutical dosages. Isn't that crazy? Hmm. That is boldness. Would not have guessed that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I would mean, have guessed. Think... 
I would have guessed just like general stress, you know? Mm-hmm. These factors all have a crucial detrimental effects to freshwater fish. And um, we've talked about this before. Even those small things, more boldness, if that makes that fish leave their little hidey hole, uh, they get eatethed by another fish that can just, those small effects have um, an impact on overall fitness. And it's, it's just, it, yeah, some systems it's really fine line and like those small changes can have a really rippling effect through entire populations. So you just got to worry about it. Um, one more study, the researchers bored in it all, they tested the, a psychoactive drug on perch and its prey, the damselfly, finding that bioaccumulation hmm, can be, um, an important route of exposure to fish for some pharmaceuticals can, um, be bioaccumulated up. Oh, so they can be so, like fat soluble. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, perch. 42% of the pharmaceutical exposure within it was through that damselfly, the prey they ate. Oh. So it's not just in the environment, it was bioaccumulated through the wow. prey item. So, and this is what's interesting if we talk about like testing water to be like, oh, you know, um, we have below perceived, you know, drinking water standards or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, some of those drinking water can there's recreational guidelines too. So it'd be like, oh, it's not affecting the fish at this much. But like, well, that um, ibuprofen might not be outright killing those fish, but it's accumulating in that fish and causing issues. So just taking a water sample to test for the pharmaceutical that might not be accurate to see the effect on freshwater organisms. You got to think about that bioaccumulation. Uh-oh. Like, if it doesn't break down, it's in there over time. You know, in five years we're really going to have a big issue boom yeah so it's more of a situation where you should not only take a water sample but probably take tissue samples or whole fish samples and process those as well yeah and i mean that's yes and on the flip side too there's there's just a lag with knowing that what what are you looking for you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like like oh we found out that it's bioaccumulating like well Geez, if you report that there's bioaccumulation of fish, first off, someone has to go test for it, be the first one. And then, yeah, there might be like a 10-year lag, you know, or something, for example. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be a 10-year lag, but... So there's all that fun little, like... Yeah, it just takes time, right? It takes time time to get the equipment, to get the people to run the equipment, to get the method down. Yeah, it it takes time. Mm -hmm. So it's like, when I think of that, I'm like, what what next are we going to be worried about? You know what I'm saying? Like, PFAS, right? Yeah, man. That's like, a what's great... What's the next uh, one? Ugh. Isn't that I mean, sad? right? Yeah, right now it's probably PFAS. If you mm-hmm. go to a bunch of emergent contaminant meetings, it's PFAS, PFAS, PFAS. So. I know. I always think of cell phones. Not to get on a tangent, be like, gosh, we have these little... <laughs> just just all day in our pockets, no, you know? It's like the radiation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, the searching for a cell signal going through me. Have you ever, something. have you ever experienced that? It's like a phenomenon that I've heard about. It's like a, like a ghost vib- vibration. No. Where like your phone's in your pocket and you think oh, your phone man. goes off, but it man, doesn't. you need to take a walk. <laughs> I know I do. But apparently, cause I was looking it up and I'm like, why is my thigh like, feels like it's spasming, but apparently, so you're, it's like, a, it's just a general, it's like your brain tricking yourself. So your brain likes the feeling of mm-hmm. getting a notification 
Mm-hmm. So your brain's like, oh, I'll just trick myself into looking at my like phone I again. Need it. I know. Cool. I'm like, that's, oh no, that's I'm like addicted. Up, I know. So Jeez, I've been go take a walk, on, man. <laughs> been putting my phone on do not disturb for him for a while, a lot oh, more now. Oh, yeah. Scary. Right. <laughs> that's all I got. So okay. what do we talk about? We talked about sewer epidemiology. Mm-hmm. Talked about release hot spots. Mm-hmm. And then um, pharmaceutical effects on fish. All very brief. Lots of research about this. We're not going to cover it. Yeah, all. this is this was a really cool topic, Riley. I liked it, and I never heard about it before. I mm-hmm. think so. Is this very widespread throughout the U.S. or is I don't it think so? Like the epidemiology. Of, yeah, maybe a handful of major cities. Not even. I would love to see like a newspaper article where there was like a sting or like a bust and it was because of <laughs> the wastewater. You yeah. Know? Well, another Just thing I was thinking it. about too is, you know, your resolution depends a lot. It depends a lot on kind of how, what's like, what's the word kind of divided your sewer system is. Right. Cause mm-hmm. if you're a small town, you probably only have one drinking water treatment plant. And yeah. If you're getting a bunch of hits for cocaine, you're like, well, it's here somewhere. Don't know where. Well, Whereas if think you're about in this, big... like if you were like, if you like broke it off by grid systems, you know, mm-hmm. be like, we know this sewer line, even before it hits the wastewater treatment plant, it's coming oh, over here. Yeah. And you just have someone with like sense. a little, little pe- rope and like a ladle going yeah. down, like in the sewer. No, that makes drink. way more sense. Yeah. 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 And yeah, then be yeah, like, yeah, okay, yeah. we're breaking it, you know, mm-hmm. house by house, yeah. line by line. And then we're no, like, no, that oh. makes sense. Wow. Didn't even think of it like that. I was just or if like, you could okay. Convict wow. somebody on their their sewer, you know, as evidence, reported as evidence. <laughs> Probably not because you can't prove that it was them. You can uh, prove see? it was coming out of their right? house, but you can't prove it was them. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's like, enough. Like, I, it's not cocaine. It's the whatever, Ben, ben, ben Glyco yeah. or whatever. Be like, you didn't find any, you just found the metabolite. Yeah. You could probably get that done with a like a chemist, though. No I wonder if then there... if you could like do that for a drug test. You know, what I'm saying be like, well, you didn't, you didn't find it's this. Like semantics, you found the though, right? I know, right? It's like, all right, well, how does that get into your system, right? Poppy seeds. Oh. <laughs> Poppy seeds. That's right. <laughs> oh, Seinfeld. I love that show. Yep. Um. So, but yeah. no, I like it. That's really cool. If we could yeah. try to find, if anyone out there knows a sewer epidemiologist please let us know send us an email yeah. at fwperspectivespodcast at gmail.com we would love to talk to one yeah so i did see where there was like an active um someone on staff you know what i'm saying like an mm-hmm. epidemiology like doing this this was okay, all so kind of one-off studies ish more off more off the academic level sort of thing universities maybe yeah okay yeah okay. i didn't see like uh like the new york center of sewer epidemiology yeah i mean that's kind of i would have expected like new york to be on like the forefront of that so mm-hmm. okay or california i guess just any major city really but then like if uh, you if you advertise that you would you think like the um the people who are taking drugs um that they would come privy to that and be like well i can't they start peeing in bottles or something you know what I'm saying? like they're not flushing <laughs> the toilet anymore i guess if if you if you're that if you're that deep into it probably yeah but also i think i mean this is going off into a tangent i think it just comes (laughs) back around to it probably just comes back around to you can't measure what you like you can't detect what you're not measuring 
So if somehow people get wise to, oh, if we just, I don't know, some chemist out there who's making really good cocaine or meth breaking bad style, um, maybe they could be like, oh, we just changed this around and it's a different structure. And I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's not possible, but you know, you just change the, change the metabolite a little bit. And well, it's interesting too. That's like breaking bad, right? I watched breaking Mm -hmm. bad, but it's like, yeah, like they can, or one time I got sick and the doctor prescribed me Sudafed. And have you ever had to get Sudafed before? Yeah. They treat you like it's a straight like a criminal, whole thing. dude. It's like, yeah. <laughs> dude, they made me sign like sign out for it. Yeah. And they're uh-huh. like, why are you getting yeah, Sudafed? Man. I'm like, the doctor told me to. Uh, and this yeah. one is, they, no, they didn't give me a prescription. They're like, just get Sudafed. Because oh, yeah. it was over the, like counter over the counter dosage. Mm-hmm. But it, dude, like with the, that amount of scrutiny, I'm like, make it a prescription. Like, gee, like give me something else. Yeah. I don't want to necessarily take Sudafed. I've never had a problem with buying like one bottle, but I've heard obviously if you're buying like more than one, they're like, "Hey man, it's going Dude, why do you need like, that much?" Yeah, this one was pretty crazy. Riley's trying to walk out there with a box of Sudafed and he's like, "What's got wow, What's everyone freaking out about?" Dude, I know. Cuz <laughs> Dude, I literally told the pharmacist, I'm like, "Well, just give me something else. Like I just have like a cold or something." I'm like, "I don't <laughs> Just, just give me Robitussin. I know. Like, <laughs> is there something else? Like, geez. Uh, I'd be like, I don't think I'd be this cavalier about it. Too. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. you know? Yeah. You fake it till you make it, man. You know? Mm-hmm. You're just that good of a criminal mastermind. Mm-hmm. But like on the front end. So if they're monitoring who's buying Sudafed on the back end too, be like, yeah, we're monitoring what, you know, apartment complexes. Yeah. I so, like this. I like boom. this field. I want to keep tabs on this from now on. So. Thanks, man. Yeah, this this was a good one. Nice job, Riley. I will see you next time. Bye, man. See ya, buddy.